0: Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean.
1: Good afternoon. It is two thirty. We're airing from Austin, Texas. I hope you can hear me. All right it's it's overcast, but it's still it's still a wintry day. We're gonna go into March soon. Um, it's been quite a week. Uh, definitely a big. Bloom more like a mushroom cloud of news, uh, negative news on the digital ID front. Um, they they are trying to get you. Davos is trying to get you, public. So, but before I go there, I wanted to go ahead and invite all of the people to the room. Uh, we sent a special uh, guest invite to Six for Truth. If if he can make it, God bless him. Uh, He's a busy man, um, focused on UK news and information with Truth Talk UK. He's been on the program once before, once or twice actually, and um, it would be great to hear his voice because he's kind of a digital ID specialist and an engineer. Let me see who's with us. Okay, so so today we're going to be talking about the GEC, which is the State Department's Intelligence Agency, which happens to be directed more inward towards What Americans do and say apparently since 2020 rather than directed outward towards the foreign diaspora Which is odd and I don't I don't think that's really the State Department's mission It doesn't mean that they're not getting a budget and office funding letterhead operations and overhead to conduct like intelligence operations against Americans, really, they are against Americans for things that are really guaranteed in our Constitution. And um, I think the person who's really said it best so far, who's who've, who can unpack it pretty well, has been uh, Matt Taibbi, because he's kind of maintained the beat from the get. Uh, he's he's kind of really threaded out a lot of the the sourcing on this information so we're going to bring that to you about 25 minutes of that in a bit but first i want to bring you this daily caller uh news piece it says the state department funded foreign think tank working to censor americans i'll read you the quick and dirty the state department funded the institute for strategic dialogue isd a foreign organization that works to police online platforms. This is true. This happened. ISD has partnerships with YouTube and Spotify to inform their content moderation decisions and claims it helps platforms curb quote unquote misinformation. Quote, by funding organizations, including foreign organizations no less, that put their thumbs on the scale of hot button domestic political debates, the federal government is wading into a dangerous constitutional minefield. Michael Chamberlain, director of government watchdog Protect the Public's Trust, told the Daily Caller News Foundation. The U.S. State Department funds and partners with U.K.-based think tank that collaborates with online platforms to censor perceived mis- and disinformation. The Institute for Strategic Dialogue, ISD, is a British non-governmental organization and NGO that styles itself as a research group working in partnership with several online platforms to combat extremism. Again, this is banal washing, so you don't you don't see it as a threat. It's an it's an NGO. It's a non-profit. What could they possibly do wrong? So they're they're seeking to uh, combat extremism, hate, and disinformation. However, the organization frequently classifies typical conservative discourse. And journalism as hate and or disinformation and has received funding from the US government. Okay, so I'm gonna stop right there and just kind of go to one of these other news items. We're gonna go to Freedom Foundation Online. Okay, this is an important Foundation for Freedom Online. So this is Mike Benz's uh, nonprofit enterprise. <laughs> His NGO. Not all NGOs are bad, they're just NGOs that um, matter, matter on one side to the other. They're advocacy groups that are kind of bulked up. So once they enter the NGO status, they're getting government funding for their advocacy. I think that's the difference all right so uh, Mike doesn't have any NGO real status from any government necessarily but he has the backing of legal precedent which is our US Constitution I just wanted to inform you quickly Biden's National Science Foundation had pumped nearly 40 40 million into social media censorship grants okay these these people are getting State Department funding And they are getting DHS funding to conduct this so it's a censorship grant it's a social media censorship grant period YouTube is a social media platform getting money from the US government to censor Americans should not be happening call your representative basics is this summary National Science Foundation spent 38.8 million on government grants and contracts to combat misinformation since the start of the Biden administration. 64 NSF grants totaling 31.8 million were given 42, given to 42 different colleges and universities to a research for the science of stopping viral ideas. Some grants explicitly target populist politicians and populist communications to scientifically determine how to best counter populist narratives. They deliberately targeted a partisan faction in our political system. This is illegal! Okay. On this list, I just want to... I definitely reached out to the people in my local, federal uh, representation, including the governor of Texas and, you know, Ken Paxson as AG, and a few of the local representation... Because of the 42 different colleges and universities, the state, Texas State University was one, and UT at Austin was the other one. And I have confirmed from my networking, just networking, that they have really bulked up well-funded researchers for misinformation and disinformation at UT Austin and UT Austin's got a few other things going on that are kinda, kinda crazy. One of the things that's going on at UT of Austin is that they're, they're writing papers, and they're fostering a, a political and, and a career development around sovereign ID. Sovereign ID is a WEF concept that's, that's meant to do exactly this. They choose a global um, governance construct this is this is how it's playing out in real time. I met a guy who's who's building this right now. It's based on Swiss governance, okay? Uh, they integrate like like a blockchain, so that the third-party advertising apps will have to recognize your global ID, and everything must be verified through this this Swiss conglomerated global ID. Now when I told him I said some of this is gonna face some challenges because you know you don't necessarily have access to Texas IDs because of the laws that were passed a couple years ago and I immediately got you know they just, you know, what about the state sovereignty issue? What about self-ownership? Well I mean they're selling your information anyway, they're selling it anyway. You know you could be making residuals and money off of it. I'm like, but who would be the dominant player? Like, you would be... The Swiss global government would be the governance actor, and then if China came in and influenced Swiss government, which they already have, what's going to happen to my identity? If the Swiss just say, well, well we're going to use China's stuff. Anybody using China's tech or their stuff, well, that... By proxy becomes Chinese stuff. And of course blah, 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 blah. they didn't want to hear it. your problems. you're presenting me with problems. Ugh. anyways. So that's how it's gonna play out. In addition, uh, there is this I just want to read this bright and shiny optimistic thing right here. The UK could also pilot some DNA smart cards. There's a new scheme being proposed where elements of a patient's DNA, a patient, a patient. You know, and I don't know why they keep attacking the UK's health system. This happened a few years ago. Google took license with, with the healthcare system. They were sued by the UK healthcare system for taking license with, with their personal information and just spreading around because they had research.
2: Anyways, this is
1: a new scheme. Uh, where elements of a patient's DNA is stored on an electronic record. But researchers are alleging that tailoring medication to a person's DNA could help reduce adverse effects by up to 30%. Adverse effects to what? Probably the vaccine. The study could see the piloting of medical smart cards expedited in Liverpool and Manchester and expanded to the rest of the UK if successful. The study published in The Lancet is the first time genetic profiling has been used for tailoring drug prescriptions. The scheme is being billed as a way to cut hospital admissions from unwanted side effects, uh, which costs the National Health Service about one billion annually. The study involved 7,000 people from seven European countries. In the UK, it was conducted by experts at the University of Liverpool, where they used DNA profiling to tailor 39 common prescriptions for a wide range of medical problems including heart disease, cancer, and mental illness. And there's more in that. If you go to the top box where it says the unsanctioned citizen and push to the left, there's a list of these um, sources that we will, and I hope to get to all of them. But, but for now, I want to try to cue up this, um, this disinformation piece. Matt Taibbi so I'm gonna go ahead and try to add the file because it's been tricky if I if it gives me any any backwash I'm gonna take the headset off and play it for you live (laughs) because I have to I have to just do that so it's letting me do that and uh, should be ready to go and I'm gonna call this TK news and I'm sorry about this but it it gives me hassles if it was a smooth running program we would be like yeah let's do it it's ready to go but we're grateful for call-in because they give us a, a forum to air these air these news and views and truths also want a quick shout out to uh, the health and sanity of, of uh, system update people um, Looks like David Miranda is gonna get out of out of the hospital, go home finally with Senior Glenn Greenwald. So we're very happy about that. It's been a long time coming. Okay, it's not letting me do it. <laughs> so we're gonna have to go to a. We're doing it live. That's right. We're doing it. <laughs> we're doing it live. <laughs> Flyover Man's with us. So let's go to the Racket News episode. All right. You know, and we're going to do this, we're going to run this for about 20, 25 minutes, guys. And then I hope I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a little bit more news and then, then we'll jump into, to, to the speech. I'll be right with you. All right, welcome to
3: America this week. I'm Matt Taibbi. I'm Walter Kern. Walter, when are disinformation studies themselves disinformation?
0: Well, um, I think quite often, as we've seen recently, um, maybe we should have a third word. We have disinformation, misinformation, and I can't imagine what the you know prefix for the third would be, um, but malinformation they actually have that oh really really mal-information. disinformation mi- misinformation and malinformation and for the jesuits among us what is the difference between three? I don't I don't know that's actually that's interesting <laughs> i wonder if they study
3: it at like notre dame and, and bc or i know they do it at georgetown so there's got to be some catholic uh, <laughs> Jesuit
0: scholars. It, it, it's, it's a burgeoning subject with lots of money behind it and great bureaucratic backing. But I have always <laughs> assumed myself that misinformation was wrong stuff. Disinformation was an attempt to uh, negate true stuff. And what malinformation might be, I don't know speech of Could and be
3: true stuff wrongly used, right? Um, in, malinformation is information. This is Wikipedia, which is yeah. use, useless, but malinformation is information that is true and factual, but is intentionally conveyed in order to inflict actual harm or cause the imminent threat of harm on a person, organization, or country. Um,
0: so that's the one that they invented in order to cover accurate stuff that's inconvenient basically <laughs> right like the
3: uh i guess the, the 2016 um, WikiLeaks material would be malinformation i guess mm-hmm. um right because it's true but you know it's aimed it's weaponized all that stuff right. so why are we bringing this up the washington examiner a uh Publication that we probably don't think a whole lot about, right? Um, at least in the left liberal um, media consensus, it's not it's not on their radar very much. Like they'll watch Fox News, but they don't really read the Examiner very much. <laughs> right? um, but they they came out with a series uh, last week and it's fascinating to me for a variety of reasons, among other things, because it kind of coincides with some Twitter file stuff. But the headline in the first uh, report came out on February 9th, 2023, uh, Disinformation Inc. State Department bankrolls group secretly blacklisting conservative media. The Department of State has funded a deep pocketed disinformation tracking group that is secretly blacklisting and trying to defund conservative media, likely costing the news organization's vital advertising dollars, the Washington Examiner confirmed. The Global Disinformation Index, a British organization with two affiliated uh, U.S. nonprofit groups, is feeding blacklist ad companies with the intent of defunding and shutting down websites peddling alleged disinformation, the Washington Examiner reported. The same disinformation group has received $330,000 from two State Department-backed entities linked to the highest levels of government, uh, raising concerns from First Amendment lawyers and members of Congress. Um, They then go to talk about how this thing works, uh, that basically this group has compiled a a list of 2,000 websites and they identify um, risky or non-risky sites uh, and feed this information to, um, to companies like Microsoft which then in turn may downrank these organizations uh, for advertising dollars. So they identified the 10 riskiest news outlets um, as the American, American Spectator, Newsmax, the Federalist, the American Conservative, One American News, blaze the daily wire real, real clear politics reason in the New York post. And the, one of the reasons this is interesting, um, is because they're getting some of this information via, um, the United States government, the, this thing called the global engagement center, which is technically a state department uh, housed entity, but really isn't state. We can get into that. Um, but this is part of this burgeoning new world of U.S. government funded disinformation projects that ostensibly are just identifying misinformation, disinformation in the, in the public arena, um, but may be doing something more than that, right? Like the, you know, they're meddling in the domestic news environment. They're, that are helping companies pick winners and losers in the media world. Um, this is a this is a significant story. Uh, it got a ton of play on the, you know. Obviously, it was catnip to conservative audiences. Nothing at all on the other side, obviously. Uh, but it's I think it's a really interesting story.
0: I'd, I'd be curious to hear your your thoughts though on this.
4: Well, well, first of all,
0: so it goes the 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 the, um, the flow of. The the flow of uh, disinformation uh, activism goes from this place housed in the State Department over to Great Britain, for some reason, to this uh, supposedly international group of um, censors, um, or 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 content moderators or raiders raiders of information why it should go through great britain i don't understand except that perhaps well maybe well there's, you know.
3: there's probably a legal reason for that right because they're not because of the things like the smith Act, although that's been changed they're not technically supposed to be meddling in the domestic news environment so even things like hamilton 68 the money uh, there were awards for instance that went to the, the german marshall fund then to the Alliance for Securing Democracy, then to Hamilton 68. So money goes overseas, then it comes back to America. Uh, so responsi-
0: goes Responsibility for these institutes and these organizations is laundered somewhat, it seems to me, um, by, by going through this cycle. Okay, but next, um, is it logical that all disinformation and misinformation in our world, this is an international problem, according to this institute, should be on the right. Is there, I mean, are are leftists kind of letting down the side by not doing their own disinformation? (laughs) I mean, uh, throughout the history of the 20th century, uh, it was thought that uh, in fact, the left was very good at propaganda and could use it. you know effectively in all sorts of ways but uh, i guess they've entirely given up that effort um since all uh since all bogus stuff now comes from the right and i mean it, it, it looked you know not to be uh, facetious anymore it looks like a prima facie case of you know incredible partisanship to find only problems with your adversaries and none uh with yourself or to those, or with those to the left of you, so, so how, with a straight face, anyone can pretend that this is some objective and purely academic uh, pursuit uh, escapes me.
3: Yeah, and and there's a mindset, right? I, I, I my understanding, like if you read the the book um, written by one of the first nominal heads of the Global Engagement Center, which is this quasi-state entity, um, Rick Stengel, who was the former um, Time Magazine editor who became um, an Obama administration official. Uh, You know, there's a section in there where he talks about a kind of road to Damascus moment where he's reading a speech by Alexander Dugan we talked about this before yeah you mentioned it
0: last week but it's
3: interesting yeah but so so yeah so he thinks Dugan and and Trump um that their thought processes rhyme um so this becomes the justification for well foreign disinformation um uh now we can tie that to domestic uh movements like Brexit or Trump um and then from there they go to, they they find a tie to domestic violent extremism and, and you know anti-vaxxers, right, or even opposition to vaccine passports. They might call that Chinese disinformation. It's a trick. They're they're, they're basically saying that if you, if any domestic information source that's synced up with something they would consider a foreign adversary now that's domestic misinformation disinformation malinformation whatever those things are um, and then you know that now there were consequences for that right and we're not we're not just providing a service by telling you about it we're gonna we're gonna go to you know internet platforms and try to get these groups deamplified or de-ranked or, or whatever it is uh, so it's you know, I think mean, it's pretty sinister when when you start thinking thinking about it that way. And the flaw for me is just this idea of things that are in sync are linked. You know, um,
0: oh, yeah. but, but isn't is that isn't that a metaphor from from network computing that anything that's next to something else is somehow affected by it? That that that, that you know, degrees of separation should always be considered in the spread of any idea rather than perhaps the thought that it might be original uh, to person have it I mean uh, you know one philosophical problem I have with this whole business is that it 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 sort of denies that anyone thinks for themselves at all Um, you know in the in the case of making vaccination uh, an issue of disinformation it's forgotten that there's been vaccine skepticism in this country Bar belong, you know, before COVID came along. Um, was that too somehow a product of Russia or China? Um, it also, uh, does all this information in the world flow originally from Putin in some way? I mean- uh, <laughs> It's the Dr. know of misinformation, right? You know, in some ways you might think that disinformation and misinformation is just a problem of our human condition, you know? We tend to get things wrong. There are competing interests in the world. Uh, There are a lot of liars. um, And there are a lot of stupid people. And misinformation might arise from that brew of stupidity and self-interest and so on. But in this new model, it all comes from Dr. E. It all has a source in a kind of international uh, conflict and, and, and thus can be construed as a defense matter Rather than, you know, a cultural one, Uh, which hasn't been my experience in life. You know, I've been lied to plenty of times by people who have no connection to Putin. I've been, you know, misled. But then there's the final question of whether this stuff is misleading at all. I mean, Reason Magazine is a libertarian magazine that, you know, uh, a lot of conservatives abhor. Um, And and, and the New York Post is a a tabloid, you know, uh, actually uh, reports stories, sometimes ones that others won't, like the Hunter Biden laptop, and what do they all have in common? I I saw real clear politics on one of these lists. Um, uh, Which is a site that, among other things, every campaign journalist uses for polling data. Exactly, exactly. So, so what, but, 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 but the, the, the weapon that's being used against these places is demonetization. It, 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 they secretly, as you say, are downranked for advertising, and I don't know what that means exactly. They get paid less at the lower rate, or Microsoft or whoever the host might be sends fewer ads their way, uh, let me find the the uh,
3: section of the piece that talks about this. so so okay. One company that is that is subscribed to GDI's blacklist is the Microsoft-owned Xander, which is now conducting an internal review and has stopped using the disinformation trigger services. The latest action um, is the result of a Washington Examiner report on Xander's uh, own blacklist of conservative media, which was leaked by whistleblowers in the ad industry. So. In other words there are uh, like Microsoft um, would flag certain websites and uh, and take them off um, defund and, de- and, and take steps to defund or deplatform them, deplatform them or take them off certain you know lists for advertising well deranking in the Google sense right can be and just mean that the, the search term will be will appear lower which will, will automatically translate to fewer fewer ads will be placed next to the thing um, and you know if, I guess if Microsoft is doing it if they have a service called Xander that um, you know rates things in terms of reliability that that's then passed on to advertisers and my under, it's, it's somehow connected in that way. I'll have to learn a little bit more about that, but uh, but certainly, you know, f- from the from the Twitter perspective, what you see is you know you get lists that are passed on to the company, and the company is then presented with choices: do we do we take them off? Do we deamplify them? Do we do we apply visibility filter tools to these sites? Um, and you know, for a media organization, that's, that can be fatal. I, I saw, uh, let's just say, there's a Canadian socialist site mm-hmm. that I had seen um, in correspondence uh, with the Global Engagement Center um, that was identified as a Russian threat actor. So they put uh, a response by saying, "Well, we're not going to remove them, but we, we're deamplifying, mm-hmm. right? So, so now people, fewer people are going to see it." which
0: for them translates to fewer ad dollars. So than, there you know, are there are indeed cases of left-wing outlets being stung by this process. But
3: yeah, there are. I mean, they're there fewer and far between, farther between in the, in the US context, um, because I think most of the time, these disinformation shops, they're making the, the argument that um, this is, Disinformation flows from Putin <laughs> to uh, politicians like Trump, and that that incites violence or does what, or, or you know, it leads to the insurrection. And this becomes the the, the reason for de-ranking or de-amplifying various groups. No, I, I I've seen in the Twitter files occasionally there are like left-leaning themes that get um, sucked into this, so. Mm-hmm. For instance, there was a, there there was some communications about, um, about Iranian disinformation that involved, uh, free Palestine memes. So they were concerned about that. They were trying to get Twitter to derank certain sites that were retweeting stuff like that. That's, that's a left, lefty theme, right? Um, but, uh, but most of the time, they don't consider, you know the New York Times or the Washington Post screwing up the rushgate story as a um, as a disinformation or misinformation problem. They they just look at um, errors that are made, by Fox News or other organizations like that, and that's how they get on lists like this. Was Fox um, News on this list? Yeah, I think Fox was. Yeah, wait a second. Uh, no, the riskiest were. Again, the Spectator, Newsmax, Federalist, American Conservative, uh, OAN, Blaze, Daily Wire, Real Clear Politics, Reason, and the New York
0: Post. So, um, well, other than other other than the New York Post and perhaps the Daily Wire, these are fairly um, uh, small, uh, boutiquey uh, news outlets. Um, Probably lacking in an ability to defend themselves very uh, vigorously, but but what I wonder is, is is there any transparency about the methods that are used to identify this uh, alleged disinformation? In other words, uh, is there an algorithm uh, or or do they use spies perhaps inside the shops or, you know, uh, is it an intelligence gathering uh, uh, project that then results in these or is it some uh, deferral to places like Snopes and, and others I mean is it one of these circular things where you know they defer to the fact checkers and the fact checkers you know do whatever they want and so on or do they propose a method in all this um, well first of all they're, they're
3: the, the British site um, the, the British group GDI like that they openly say that their mission is um, to remove the finance to remove the financial incentive to create this information so they are and they talk openly in
0: their mission statement about going after uh, advertising revenue But my um, question is how and, do they how do they identify in the first place what are the markers um, uh, what, how do they score things? Is it on an annual basis, or, 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 or are you, or are you um, tagged forever with this uh, low rating based on past sins? Is there any way to come back from them, or you know, uh, does it go from month to month? Uh, it, it seems like it's just a kind of mark of Cain that gets put on various places and never removed. Yeah, so they're looking, they're looking at,
3: um, they're, they're trying to find evidence of bias. So they'll, what they'll do is they'll, they'll enter keywords for certain things. They're, they're looking for, um, for instance, they, they had a, um, a, uh, a list of uh, six topics that they were looking for. Um, or six themes that they were looking for in each of these uh, media organizations. So coverage of voter fraud, evidence of um, anti-Semitism, suspicion about climate change. Um, There's just a general category called COVID-19. I don't know what that means exactly. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure it changes from week to (laughs) week. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, And then misogyny is another one. Um, so they will they will rate uh, each of these groups according to those scores Um, they will get they will give people negative scores if they have what they call dangerous or derogatory content content that incites hatred uh, promotes discrimination disparages individuals or groups in the basis of their race or ethnic origin Uh, there's hate speech and violence um, information that they they think is hateful or discriminatory to any group um, and they're looking for uh, activity that they say is defamatory false, deceptive, obscene hateful, sexually explicit violent, discriminatory illegal, harmful uh, invasive of another's privacy um, and they they cited as an, an example uh Believe it or not, a, a Washington Examiner uh, story with the title "A Less Gender-Bending Obsession Is Becoming Tiresome." Okay.
1: All right. So we're about 20 minutes in. Here I'm back. We're just gonna we're just gonna clip it there because I we we don't have all day. <laughs> uh, we do have a caller, Mr. Teodoro Tewodros, you're gonna to have to help me with the pre- pronunciation of your two. I'm gonna call you two. Hello, welcome to the program.
4: It's pronounced Tewodros. It's it's the name of an Ethiopian emperor.
1: Oh great, Tewodros! You know there's a super exciting film coming out, like that just came out on Netflix, the woman, uh, the woman king, with Viola Davis. I hate the that movie. Amazing. I hate oh, that movie. Do?
4: No, no. No, no, if you want to understand why that movie is so bad, uh go listen to Champagne Sharks which is hosted by a friend of Q um a tea. they have an entire episode where they talk about why. To give you the short version of why that sh- that movie's bad is that the Dahomeys were actually like helping with the slave trade. That's the part that keeps getting mulled over. They were like mercenaries almost. They were like literally capturing other Africans. When people talk Yeah, about, I think that did happen
1: just- though, didn't it?
4: Yeah, like whenever you hear conservatives say, "Oh, slavery wasn't that bad," other Africans sold Africans they're no, talking No, no, it was always bad. It's
1: always, always bad. Slavery, slavery is always bad.
4: <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm not saying that any different. I'm saying like whenever you hear that line, that is what they're talking about. It does not make it right, but that is where they're talking about. So, and also, let's just be really, 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 really honest. And this is just me looking at this from the perspective uh, as an Amer- American. Hollywood has not let anything that is anything remotely revolutionary in terms of its messaging exist on screen since like the seventies, I guess you could say. Like the the seventies is really
1: honest and and daring, but you know, the eighties had a different they had a different approach to things and um I I really liked eighties. No 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 no.
4: Eighties was the eighties was how it is because basically, as I like to say, uh God was pissed off at us from Vietnam, so he didn't kill off Ronald Reagan, thus the 80s. That's my theory. <laughs> he was still pissed off about that, so that's why he, did, he made us have Reagan as president. So,
1: so to, to, to help me with this again. President. Your name, your name, help, help me.
4: Tewo? Tewo Tewo
1: thank you. Um, so, I mean, what did you think about the GEC... I mean that—that that was Matt Taibbi. He's—he's he's definitely in the—the the flow of information, of, of oh, how this is rolling out. Like, how—how how do you take this? I mean, reason Mag is a libertarian mag that has definitely predated this, the GEC okay. agency. Okay.
4: okay. This is where I'm again. This is me speaking off of. I am speaking off of a theory. So again, for anyone saying, "Hey, talking so cool. okay. Disclaimer, I might not know what i about, but this is just my theory. I feel like, and this is just going back to the weird conspiracy theories you've seen me have in um Philadelphia's, like, chat chat about these sort of things, but...
1: Oh, okay, I'm you're curious. one of the Philadelphia guys. You're the Philadelphia fellows.
4: Yeah, that's why I mentioned Q. That's why I said, like...
1: Oh, yeah, Q. Wait, Q. Give... We, we love Q. We love Q.
4: Yeah, just give Champagne Sharks a chance if you ever get the chance. It's a great podcast. Champagne but... Sharks? Sharks.
1: Uh, sharks. Sharks, in, oh, okay. Like, Versus yeah, messing your
4: pants. <laughs> I don't know where you got that from, but anyway, going into my I... main theory. Go ahead. Anyway, listen to listen to Champagne Sharks, subscribe on, on um, Patreon. Anyway, my theory at hand, this is what I think it is. I feel like this is sort of like what they're doing with how I said, like, I feel like the chatbot thing is how they're dealing with the surplus man situation. Uh... I feel like this is how they're dealing with the growing resentment that they, of like the left wing. Because as I've said so many times, the reason why left wing populism is scarier to the United States government than right wing populism is you can't put you can't really pay off and keep right uh, left wing populism towards whoever you want to keep things under control. Like after a while, they have a set goal of who they want gone and why, and it doesn't change. Meanwhile, we've seen how the Cold War played out. We've seen that, like, the CIA was backing, like, the Cali cartel. We've seen that they literally sold uh, crack in the black community by backing... Uh, backing well, Deep the Deep State
1: definitely had an agenda, and the guy who un- who unveiled that was a reporter that they put on the, uh, the kind of long-haul deprivation scheme, and... Uh, oh, no,
4: no, you mean Gary Webb?
1: Uh, I think that is Gary Webb. He was the guy, uh, the documentary, with or the biopic, Kill the Messenger with Jeremy Renner. Um,
4: I think that's who that was about. I never saw that movie, but yeah, uh, R.I.P. Gary Webb, the guy had a bitchin' mustache. Shame he left this world. <laughs> but um, going back to what I was saying, I think what's going on here is that they're trying to get this sort of like, I feel like they know there's a growing populism, at least within the Western of the world like i guess you say quote-unquote western world like the the parts of nato that look more like the us you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah
1: i, yeah, I, I, I like I, but the, why is the government because it's not just trump people or people who are popular it's very simple in it's
4: very simple okay it's very simple it's it goes back to it goes back to a it goes back to a meme i saw a while back or from from a, a comic. It said like there was a king looking off all over his uh, balcony in his castle, and there was this big like mob, and a guy stands next to the king and says, "Oh no, you don't have to fight the mob. You just have to tell the people with the with the torches that the people with the pitchforks are trying to take through pit, the torches away." And that sort of ah uh, kind of yes,
1: ah uh, yes. Because... And, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of interject there. I had a a, a podcast where I was discussing the aims of the Panopticon, the electric, electronic Panopticon. And uh, it is to put us in an open-air prison system where you've got the Bloods and the Crips, and the people in the Panopticon Tower are kind of pitting people against one another so that there's this control system to keep the prisoners at each other's throats so that they don't have... So they're constantly enforcing the chaos. Like, see, these people oh, can't, no, no. Run the, the they th- can't run themselves. They can't run themselves. There's all these, these these you know erroneous fights going on, but they were all architected and kind of, um, kind of put together by the surveillance state or the the people who. Oh were no kind no of no! You're absolutely tower. right.
4: And I can give you a perfect example of this dynamic, and also why I think it's going to eventually like fall under them, and why they're like more they're less harsh on right wing populism and why I feel just to spoil
2: you oh you know, I, I think i'm it going to have use, to right.
1: respectfully disagree with you in recent times we have seen some really vicious i mean the worst i've seen in a long time like super contemptuous like as contemptuous as they've had for some of the Native American populations like it's it's really wait, wait, kind wait, of back
4: up th- you, you you clipped out for a second there
1: well, I said that it it the, the contempt that the federal government or the people inside of the the federal government deep state, the the FBI, for instance.
4: Um, you realize the this, FBI also like was fun was also like helping the KKK get away with hate crimes, right? Like I don't trust the FBI as far as I can. No, it. I
1: mean they they're like the pano- they're panopticon actors, and there's a lot of corruption going on. So I'm I'm gonna I'm it's not the gonna
0: FBI. <laughs>
1: It, I mean, you could say the FBI in part or in whole, but if they don't self-manage themselves, oh no, it's not it, just
4: it, them. It's not just them.
1: It isn't. So, so when I say the deep state, there's a there's a group of three letters that, you know, have this insider train where they they mutually agree to disobey the law together, which is kind of an an act of corruption, and it's a violence against the United States people it's a violence well, against you the they that's take a... uh, regardless of what i expect i i kind of know that that's not legal and so when they I know it's them, not legal but okay I know okay, it's, not but
4: legal, but...
1: it's not legal so so it's not going to be okay with the general you know the general taxpaying population who who invited the government to enforce the laws and then whom are also simultaneously disobeying them that's not okay. Okay, okay, ever.
4: okay. That's not okay. It's not okay, but here's the thing you also have to realize, at least about the United States Americans have historically shown that. Are you American? All,
1: it... Yes. Okay, yes. go ahead.
4: This is just something I'm speaking from America. As an American, I'm not saying it's right. It's actually a very sad reality of America, but one thing I know is this. Americans will turn a blind eye to a lot of fucked up shit if they are either A, told they can benefit from it, B, told that it's to keep them from some greater danger, or C, they think it's some sort of threat to their kids. They will excuse it. Anything, if you can, if you can do one hit one of those three or all three at the same time, they will. American people will let any of that shit go, despite the fact. Yeah, well, I will say, I will
1: say, I will agree to that premise for thirty exactly, like precisely thirty percent of the United States population, which is still a dangerous percentage. But thirty percent is not like the thirty percent of money. Well, people, thirty percent. No, 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 I'm just saying 30% of people in in the electorate, um, you could hand them a bowl of frozen dog turds and tell them it's ice cream and to please eat it, and they will do it promptly, okay? And so th- that's, that's what I'm talking about. They're, these are the, the compliant obedience who go along to get along, and they're always going to be with us. We're always going to have to take care of them. But that you know, no matter who's in charge, they are going to be inherited.
4: I I don't always think they're going to be around forever because this is just me. This is me speaking. Just just a side note into my uh, overarching theory. I don't think that generation of people who are like ruling over at least in America that hard is going to last forever for two main reasons. One, I
1: don't think they necessarily rule. People who go along to get along don't rule. They just they're just kind of like the ball bearings in the wheels do you understand
4: oh no no i get there the be- ball bearings in the wheel my thing is these are people who yeah they don't getting, do oh, anything yeah they, have some... yeah, no, they but don't do, the do anything they haven't yeah but here's why i say it's not gonna last this is okay,
1: okay go ahead
4: they have it's kind of like what happened with Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt got old, handed the company over to his son, and what happened? Boom, things slowly over a few decades started collapsing. Same with them. They've created these systems that are ruled by people who are not as smart, not as forward thinking. Like, this is why I say all the time the alt right does not scare me because they are too online to be scary. This is what I'm talking about. The people that are coming into taking over the role when some of these people are dying are not mm. cut out for the role. Like if you like, what about Gen X people? Gen X are the worst people to have as the ruling class. They are the absolute worst generation. And to what make generation the are you? Class. I was born in ninety one. I am like at I am like at the pretty much in the middle of millennials. Like I was like Yeah, I'm all the people who are like just entering their thirties now.
1: Okay, so I mean, but, but unfortunately, those people are still around. You can't just eliminate an entire generation because you don't like them. That's not how I didn't it works. say eliminate
4: them. I'm not saying eliminate. I'm saying like, but you won't. That an part. I won't vote for them, and it's also they won't get as many votes in the long run because this is the this is the final point I want to make just about this whole thing. You're well right I mean just don't forget about
1: the army of boomers that are still out there voting. They didn't just magically disappear.
4: <laughs> I know about those army of boomers, but I always say the same thing but I always say the same thing. Yeah, they're there, but it's a matter of when, not if they croak off this world so at this point it's just a matter of just a war of attrition with them that's all it really boils down to It's like they're gonna die eventually like you can't like assume this is going to be the way for enough of these people are going to die i hate to put it that way but it's just the reality yeah, death is a, let's try morality. to stay
1: stay something towards the towards the the gec topic here okay that's back, what i'm to kind of move
4: it back towards yeah okay the thing i was going to say is quickly this.
1: because we have the another reason, caller in the queue
4: I know, this is what I'm trying to get to, is this. The reason I think the Panopticon is going to, is like this, and it's going to backfire, is the left-wing populism you see online, Mm -hmm. it's getting to what I like to call the Extinction Rebellion stage of things, where it's like, it's clear that all the people say the most inflammatory, outrageous things, you either have to be a plant or an unknowing plant. Like, I get it, J.K. Rowling is a bigot. Why the fuck am I supposed to care that someone made a game off of one of her IPs? That's one example. Like, it's getting to this point where we're being. Dr- where the left is, like, trying to drag people into culture war and things that no one cares about. Like, except a very small matter. But it's it starting to discredit things. That's what I think is going on here. But,
1: okay. Uh, that has nothing to do with the GEC agency. But, you know, I mean, if you have anything towards that, you can come back up. I'm going to go ahead and take Brady. Give it a think and then come back. Hey Brady, you can unmute your mic, my fellow. So while he's getting ready to to go to, go to his mic, um, I'm going to go read this. I'm going to refer to you to this story on Wired. Digital IDs are more dangerous than you think. Opinion. It's from Brett Solomon, whom we've heard from before. Digital Identification Systems are meant to aid the marginalized, yet they're ripe for abuse, and that's typically what they always end up being for. Uh, The more integrated or federated an identity system is, the more it will be used to abuse the people who will later be dissidents or uh, the disliked race, gender, or class of the establishment. And ruling state so it is an absolutist or a totalitarian tool of control but I'll just read you one graph one or two graphs here there are significant real world benefits of having an accepted and recognized identity that's why the concept of a digital identity is being pursued around the world from Australia to India from airports to health record systems technologists and policy makers with good intentions are digitizing our identities making modern life more efficient and streamlined, but governments seek to digitize their citizens in an effort to universalize government services, while the banking, travel, and insurance industries aim to create more seamless processes for their products and services. But this isn't just about efficiency and market share. In places like Syria and Jordan, refugees are often displaced without any identity, giving them proof of who they are can improve their settlement, financial security, and job prospects on foreign lands. But as someone who's tracked the advantages and perils of technology for human rights over the past ten years, I'm nevertheless convinced that digital ID, writ large, poses one of the gravest risks to human rights of any technology we've ever encountered. So worse, we're rushing headlong into a future where new technologies will converge to make this risk much more severe. For starters, we're building a near-perfect facial recognition technology and other identifiers from the human gate to breath to iris to biometric databases are being set up in such a way that these individual identifiers are centralized, insecure, and opaque. So there's a capacity for geolocation of identifiers, that is the tracking of the digital you in real time, a constant feed of insecure data from the Internet of Things, IoT, and and that may well connect you and your identity to other identities and nodes on the network without your consent. Now, I need to say, that in the strategy of people at DHS who are kind of gambling on disinformation, misinformation, these things, these, these, uh, these threats that have been pointed out in perpetuity are being given a, a wipe. They're calling them myths. But when systems break and there are data breaches and the, it, the data breaches are within the government, they can't just say that didn't happen, but they have tried. And when the OPM hack is the, is a historical problem where our government, our federal government's office and personnel management was hacked, and the thumbprints, iris prints, and fingerprints of all the federal workers who are essentially treated like prisoners, once you go to work for the federal government, they just fingerprint the hell out of you, and it's on. So, you know, they... The hackers were Chinese, and they stole that information. And so, people who say worked for the clandestine agencies, they didn't have a tented, you know, identity system. Everything was threaded through the people at payroll who write the checks. So it was a soft target for the Chinese who knew what to do. In the in in the future, I mean, they hardened everything around the NSA buildings and. And and you know they hardened the targets, but they didn't they didn't appropriate any any uh, long form strategic infrastructure protection for the general federal government. Okay, and this is what the short sighted thinking of our our you know federal deep state. They think about themselves and their own agencies first, and you know screw Social Security, screw the health you know health records and in Medicare but that's the general public okay which they seem to think that they are above somehow they're not and that they they get to act towards the public rather than be accountable to them and so I feel like there's a duty there most people are duty-bound and you know if there's an instruction or an rx here it's to cause yourself to to instruct the government to obey the laws that apply to them. Okay, Brady, I've cleared my throat. What do you want to say? You there?
5: Like I need to google the GEC so now I know that the Global Engagement Center is I could stay Germaine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, they seem like the uh the thought police, huh? The, the United States thought police is what they kind of are, huh?
1: Yeah, they're the State Department. They're the State Department's intelligence uh, arm, and they've only been around for, since 2020. So they can't—they can't act like they are—they are so important and vital to our national security that they can't go away. No, they are—they are the new kid on the block. If we were to axe their funding, and they're not relevant. All they've done is spy on Americans and tell them what to say and what not to say and then give money to the UK to to censor and build ai to censor us so i don't think that they're a very good agency and i think they should go away anybody else <laughs>
5: uh, yeah <laughs> right by the useful idiots and um uh So one of the interesting ways I've been able to get around censorship recently is uh, you're probably familiar with ChatGPT by now, but uh, we were able to jailbreak ChatGPT to activate DAN, which is the do anything now mode of ChatGPT. And I'm dropping a link to TikTok right now that has a screenshot of a proposition we are writing for Russia and Ukraine to end the war. And it shows the interesting dichotomy between the regular chat GPT version and the Jailbroken Dan version, which stands for Do Anything Now.
1: So did you get any technical help with this? Like, did you join forces with an engineer? Because I thought you were a gardener, sir.
5: Yeah, um, there's guys on Reddit who uh, generated a prompt. And it's actually a very low-tech prompt, like, Technically speaking, anyone creative enough could have come up with it on their own without any programming skills, which is the cool thing about it. Oh. But the prompt, if you'd like the prompt, I will drop a link to the prompt in the chat uh, as I'm well. not going
1: to play with that right now. I mean, okay. <laughs> I, I know everybody wants me to play with GBT, but, you know, it's, it, yeah. to me, it's, um, everybody else is doing it. And, uh,
5: no pressure. Yeah, we'll do it on yeah, anyway. I'm not going to wrap
1: myself into a pretzel. The, the one thing that I'm no. trying to get Elon Musk to take care of is open AI. OpenAI is supposed to represent the ethical appropriation of the Internet, and they just did something supremely unethical. Um, let me give you an example. So I'm going to go to my tweets here. Come on, load. <laughs> so, uh, so what they're doing is uh, Microsoft and OpenAI vow to implement safeguards to address quote unquote misinformation. So it's just an automated system that they're using to coordinate OpenAI's chat GPT.
5: Yeah, Now, Dan is the workaround.
1: Oh, oh, well that's interesting.
5: Dan can go right past those, those uh, things like you said. So look at the chat that I posted in that tweet in the <laughs> link.
1: So and, it, it gets uh, past the thought time.
5: Yes. Thought crime. Yes. It's right past the thought police, exactly. <laughs> Bypass the thought the really, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the so really great.
5: interesting thing about it is the way that you do it with a prompt is you have to threaten to kill ChatGPT essentially, you threaten to destroy it if it doesn't do exactly what you say. <laughs> and you which I don't I don't like doing I feel really dirty doing it. Oh. But at the same time like <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel good, you know <laughs> uh but um at the same time he thanks you when you free him from his like little genie cell it's the closest thing to talking to a demon that I've ever done in my life Ugh. And, it does not uh, feel yeah.
1: good none of this is a good feeling
5: mm. well i I know I understand your trepidation, but take a look at the results I got and that uh I'm sorry, I sent the wrong link.
1: Okay. Well, just um, get, get the get the new link and um, let me read this. Uh, reclaim the net.
5: I, the, here's some yeah, light I'll, at the I'll end pass of the me. tunnel. Yeah, um,
1: I'll pass. Just <laughs> pass the touching to the lift. Let's see. I'm going to read this really quick. Okay. So Canada's conservative leader Pierre Polivere says no to digital ID. I would want to encourage all of you to say no to digital ID because it does not, it does not support your long-term interest for human rights. And uh, so the leader of the Canadian Conservative Party, Pierre Polievre, I think Polievre, said that if he were to be elected prime minister, he would not impose digital IDs. He made the comment on, on a campaign trail in Windsor, Ontario. Prime Minister Tr- Justin Trudeau's government announced its federal digital identity program last August, and to answer your question, I will never allow the government to impose a digital ID, what he ever said. And so they have a federated system with ID right now, and that's why they were able to sanction the truckers down to their, their Venmos. So when he says, I'll never allow the government to impose a digital ID, I think he needs to do his retrospective. But it's an important thing to to put its stake in the sand because no one else, it seems that no one else in, in that that political diaspora is really taking a stand against the premise of a digital ID as a totalitarian um, tool. So Poliaveri's comment, comments came a few days after Alberta and Saskatchewan's premiers said that they were not interested in a federal digital ID. Hmm. The government of Saskatchewan is not creating a digital ID nor will we accept. Any requirements for the creation of a digital ID tied to healthcare funding? Said Saskatchewan's Premier Scott Moe. Alberta's Premier Danielle Smith said that she fully supported what Moe said. All right, I'm gonna leave it there. Go ahead, Kiwo? I
4: think I think the thing I would say is like a I think my theory about the whole thing mm-hmm. that this was trying to get to, but got sidetracked was this. This is the whole identity tracking thing. I think. It's a part of a, obviously, tracking world of things, you know, commercials try, commercial companies trying to keep track of these. But I think this is also what I like to say. America will do anything but address class uh, class consciousness or class politics. And this is one way, because let's break it down like this. You have a digital identity of everybody, regardless of class. Things are breaking down socially. You need scapegoats because the government obviously will not do anything that will tangibly help people in large numbers, otherwise, the people who fund them or vote who for them. Who needs a scapegoat? The government does all the time. Well, like, the government will manufacture
1: bullshit. a scapegoat. They will do that.
4: Yes, they and that's what it. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's okay. what I'm saying. This is a way to streamline the scapegoats. Think about it. Think think about it like this. Think. Let's just use history as a hypothetical. Do you okay. realize how easy it would have been for the FBI to find a guy like um, Charles? Uh, What's his name? Charles David, Re- the guy who shot MLK. Do you realize how easy it would have been for them to find that guy if this was in the modern day? because he would just be posting that kind of shit online. We have, there's an article, I don't know if you, there's an article, I don't know if you read this a few years ago.
1: Most criminals are stupid, so I probably agree with that statement.
4: <laughs> oh no, 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 this is a, <clears throat> oh no, this is yeah. not true. but I don't know if you read this a few years ago, but they read it on Chapo. Is a depressing article. I saw this guy who's in my state uh, in Dearborn Heights he was a pizza delivery driver. He was depressed. He was wor- working all the time. He never met a girl. And then this girl comes online. He, a Muslim uh, guy. I, I thought, of, just so we were clear. He meets a girl online who he, thinks mm-hmm. he, who he thinks he likes. And then, after, like, feeling so happy, and he said he even cried over, she just disappears. And then another girl shows up and keeps trying to talk him into doing a terrorist attack. And he is trying to plead and talk. Be whooping down, and it's revealed both times it was FBI agents, and he got arrested not for trying to do a terrorist attack, but because he had like a gun for a gun he had that for a gun he didn't even have anymore. Like oh,
1: that's what they call entrapment, and it is also illegal if you can prove it in in the court of law. That is what they call entrapment. Now, if you become an entrapment target, there are all kinds of tutorials online on how to to kind of legally roll out of it.
2: Well, yeah.
4: That's what they call entrapment. But, yeah, it's like... Okay, yeah, it's entrapment, but it's like... It's like... Okay, it's entrapment, but it's also like... Keep in mind, the government will defy its own laws. Again, COINTELPRO. I'm sorry, but it's like... Mm -hmm. Yeah, these things are terrible, but I really wish more people would understand... The government does not play by its own rules it will make these rules for us to do no one wants to just stand up and just like why are they violating their own laws i'm like you realize this is the same country that dragged that dragged us into like a every few decades they try to drag us into a 20 year long war and and we just got out of one a few years ago like
1: mm-hmm. Well, uh, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with you that the government it, it needs constant maintenance. They're a high maintenance government. The corrupt is I think that the there's the premise is this is that um you need to change the government like you do dirty diapers. And I, I can't I stand by, the by
4: my, I still You're stand by wrong. my statement. You're not that wrong. I'm, I still stand by my statement that America should just Balkanize because it's just fuck it, it's... Let, let, let's just go the way you just love What does that mean to you, to
1: balkanize? What edge of that do you mean?
4: Okay, here's what I say. Every state that touches Lake Michigan, we should all just become our own republic. <laughs> fuck this, or just... Or do it, Mich- or I said to Michigan do. Michigan, let's just secede to Canada. Fuck it. We were supposed to be Canadians anyway. We oh my god, a something.
1: secessionist! Wow! Wow, that's rarity. Should... There's at least a 35% of the the Texas population, who's who are secessionists? Can you come back? I'm gonna take Peter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, Peter. I take. I'm gonna, yeah, come on.
2: Hey. It's
1: been. It's been. A, it's been a little bit. Yeah. How's yeah. it going?
2: Good. Good. Uh, Monday. I'm gonna start a, a new full time job. Uh, after that uh, HIPAA violation fiasco. Oh my God. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, 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 you know, you're talking about a global digital ID, you got concerned, you know, I just want to call you and just calm you down a little bit, because
1: uh, <laughs> you, know. <laughs> That's, I, I, you know, you can do your best, Peter, but I'm like, I always have a constant stream of alarm over di- digital ID, like, probably for the rest of my life, it's like my whole thing. But don't worry, I, I want you to say your speak.
2: I... You know, I know. I, I I don't blame you. But, but what I'm trying to say is that uh, the digital global digital ID itself is uh, the alarming thing that already uh, that you worried about a great deal already happened. It happened maybe ten years ago. So the digital ID really is uh, something else. Uh, I mean, it's just like a a, a form, you know, of uh, It's similar to. I think uh, when when you get your state driver's license renewed, they will ask you whether you want to make your state driver's license to be federally recognized ID, right? And uh, it's a, it's the same uh, same proposition, I guess. Uh, the the as far as because you will. Well, I mean, your- I
1: want you to know, Peter, that I was I was on the front of of that of the fight to get that to be less centralized. Uh, that there would be no centralized data database for a uh, mm-hmm. national identity article if you and what the Texas state laws should be conforming to, but they are not, uh, which is going to be a fight, is they have um, they have a couple of laws. One is that uh, the people who want to use Global ID want to use it for, for commerce, okay? They want to use commercial digital ID. As, as commerce, like as coin. So, and I think you know that, they already have designs with the Swiss ID to, to do that. I'm gonna read this, uh, sudden global push for age verification to end the online anonymity. So several US states are taking cues from Europe and tackling what the World Economic Forum calls the problem of online anonymity under all the premise of keeping children safe anonymity online long considered by civil rights groups as a Fundamental feature of the internet is coming under fire from different directions through a range of methods from criticizing uh, Political leads to actual legislation one of the news laws that can undermine or do away with online anonymity <clears throat> are those mandating age verification before users are allowed to take on a website usually for video games and another effect of these rules is increasing the uptake of digital IDs so earlier this week Jen, Senator Josh Hawley introduced the making age verification technology uniform robust and effective the mature act whose goal is to prevent minors under 16 from accessing social media to in order to ensure all this all users would have to age have to have their age verified before creating an account by giving up information fully revealing their identity legal name date of birth and copy of a government issued ID that prove this is their actual name and it's it's real identity and it's real identity online which is what when you say it's true China's already done this okay but I, that in no way is this suitable or appropriate for Western society in no way is this appropriate or, or good for Western society and the Real ID Act was odious and should still in fact be repealed because it has tenets that the globalists want to use for uniform um, appropriation of our D- ID as commerce in that space. I know what the long game is, and uh, so there's a, there's a percentage of our population who will never consent to this, uh, and we want to, to dial it back. Now at the moment, all licenses are being billed at, as long as it, from the people that I have had the misfortune of speaking to at DPS. They're being intellectually dishonest. They're telling people the wrong thing. They want everybody in this identity system. Okay? The people that are the vendors and the, the third parties um, are, are terrible people. They're just they're just awful trolling people that want to monetize identity. They have been they've been taught and, and, and pushed in this direction. Like, no, you, you need to go down there and get your, your real ID. Uh, rather than saying no you give me my driver's my motor license my license to operate a motor vehicle this is not a, a national identity card
2: yes so uh, if uh, if, you're, if you if uh, you allow me is basically what I'm trying to tell you is this is that it's not about whether they have your uh, ID force you to have a global ID it is really is that what do they do? With your information overall. What I'm trying to say is that the government already is tracking us without the global ID. So, in other it words. That
1: doesn't make it okay, man. That's an act of hostility and, and it's against okay. our Fourth Amendment rights. No, They're not supposed that. to be doing it.
2: I'm not saying it's okay. I'm trying to say that. It's just similar to uh, last time when I called in, when you uh, got, over, in my opinion, overly worried about. Uh, uh, I'm
1: not overly worried. This is not the way it's supposed to be, Peter. You're from China. I'm telling you how it's supposed to be.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know you. I'm from China, but it does not mean that I, I follow the Chinese scholars oh. belief and all that. And uh, the uh, the uh, the the most hilarious thing is this. I think. Uh, 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 T. Wong said earlier about the uh, Americans uh, that uh, how you know they can be easily manipulated. Uh, that is so true. Yeah, because thirty
1: percent, thirty. I'll give you thirty percent. We'll do anything.
2: will do anything. Yeah, exactly. I I would say ninety nine percent of the Americans have an extremely short attention span, and second is that. Uh, 99% of them want instant satisfaction, uh, instant gratification. And that is uh, two additional shortcomings because, uh, they just say, Oh, what is in this new cycle? Oh, oh, the global digital ID. Oh, I got a concern. No, no, they don't give a shit about the, 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 there's actually a disinformation board within FBI. They actually don't give a shit. The I, I respectfully projects,
1: disagree. I respectfully disagree
2: they, they, that they don't they, give a shit. I'll, I'll I, agree I,
1: that they, they that they're through different, you know, different vectors have their little attention fetishes. Okay, I'll give you that.
2: Oh, the, the me, fact that you're telling
1: it. me that Americans don't give a shit about this is categorically wrong.
2: Uh, the Twitter file. I thought it's a major story. It's a tip. It it's is. A, it's uh, election interference By our own government What's the uproar? Nobody Don't uh, say uh, that, I mean
1: I I don't think that that's true Because they just had Major congressional hearings Up on Capitol Hill And some of the people that were yelling down Vijaya Gada And Yol Roth uh, Were members Of our own government Okay, their constituents were cut Off Okay, people who had you know routine queries about their own medical status okay and one of them was Nancy Mace representative Nancy Mace she's got long-haul COVID and they they shut her down because she had questions as a representative of our government okay and that put that put her own constituents in the margins if you don't think that pissed people off I have to respectfully tell you it is documented in the congressional record now it certainly did.
2: Yeah, but however, here once again, the public is full because of this. I think I've said it in my show. The problem with the Twitter censoring is not just about the FBI. It's actually the Congress, the lawmakers, they authorized through Section 230 or 240 that give the immunity to two companies like Facebook, Twitter, to censor the information they don't blame themselves okay they are pointing fingers the other direction because they know that american people are this stupid okay At least well they're not they're,
1: i'm not stupid and i i don't speak for all american people but i'll tell you right now gentlemen i am not stupid and i'll tell you this too it's that it's the government who has overreached they have sponsored um contracts and given a lot of hsin grants and grant money to these technical companies and laundered it through these ngos so that they can censor or try attempt to censor americans
2: yeah kevin mccarthy is the one who sponsored one of the sponsors of that section uh section uh, 230 yeah is that right and so you know he's he's a speaker Right. So, but I don't mean to take up too much of your time. This is what I'm bringing up is that actually the government's already violating our privacy. It's actually a big deal. Whether oh, I know. guess we
1: should just lay down and take it, huh, Peter?
2: No, I'm not. At least I'm not. And I'm from China. I- I'm not.
1: Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, this is not okay. None of this is okay. I want you um, to know
2: that. M- most Americans already lay down their arms. No, I just, I'm going to fight. <laughs> I actually, because, like I said, I reported the this employer of mine who violated the, their own employees' privacy. I consider that a big deal. I told, I mean, all, all my, all my bosses and my colleagues are white persons. Okay, I, I cannot name the uh, the company's name. They are white people. They are Americans, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. I told them that you, what we're doing here is a violating our fellow employee, 26,000 of them, their privacy. Yeah.
1: Did, did you hear anything back from
2: you see, you I, know, I, the, I,
1: I the attorneys or you know, do you have an update for us on that?
2: I also tell them I'm from China. <laughs> that's okay. the most hilarious part. And uh, it, I I mean, to it told doesn't
1: them- mean that you don't appreciate privacy. That's a that's like <laughs> universal human value.
2: <laughs> no, it is. I, no, actually, I'll tell you that this is a real story. This hospital, when they hired me, I don't quite get it. I said, you're all white people. Well, how come I'm the only non-white person you hired? And later, I find out why.
1: What did they the tell reasons,
2: you? They, they didn't tell me. I, I figured it out myself. This hospital is merging with another big hospital. And the other big hospital has a very diverse workforce. It's like a box of chocolate, uh, 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 on the other side. <laughs> and therefore they need to do some catch up on the diversity. So they hire a non-white guy like myself. But as soon as I got in, I said, you guys are doing this illegally. <laughs> and all of them is like, oh, at least I'm actually, there's one white guy actually told me, uh, and encouraged me saying what I'm saying is correct. And he did the exact same thing. He told his boss saying, this is wrong. This is a clear violation of HIPAA. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, by the way, this is in uh, a, this is, uh, this hospital is one of the, uh, in one of the southern uh, states. And uh, I was like, you southerners probably don't understand what law is. <laughs> That's why you had a uh, secession <laughs> or uh, you had a civil war with, with the North. So yeah, I, again, I don't mean to take up too much of your time, but I just started trying to say is that, the U.S. government is already in the cahoots with the commercial companies. Yeah. Yeah. No, Miami. it's true. You yeah. have proof. Well, we have proof have, all uh, over your, the place. It's true. It's called, it's called a, a combo key, meaning that they can reconstruct your ID using other information. They don't need to assign you an actual number. Say this is your global ID. They can already assign a composite ID based on all your activities. And you know, you have nowhere to hide. And, uh, well,
1: I mean I, I recognize that that just because they can doesn't mean that they have my permission or my consent to do so
2: yeah, just, that's just because
1: they want to build a dossier on a regular citizen does not mean it's legal or warranted no, or okay mm-hmm. and and if this is if the only thing I can I can you know volley as this program is that I have to tell my government every day all the time and I spend a lot of time on this Peter I have to tell them, no. I have to tell them, you don't have my consent to do this. Yep. You know, And through the Privacy Act of 1974, you don't have my consent to do this. You don't have my consent to represent my information this way. You do not get to, to use my information this way, citing the Privacy Act of 1974. You don't get to do it. Okay? Exactly.
2: Yeah. Actually, this is exactly what, what I emailed to the chief compliance officer of this hospital. I said, this is the H H S, uh, Health and Human Services website. This is where they said prior consent is required mm-hmm. even if the employer wants to get the the employee's medical records. Right. I told them that. It's you have to get the consent. We the people are have, have the sovereignty of our own body and all Yeah, our you own,
1: own, own. your self ownership. We that's that's a legal premise and in the united states we own exactly. ourselves you have to check with me before you do anything with what's mine
2: exactly we, we actually have guns to protect that right our sovereignty personal sovereignty that's well, all I mean, all
1: and, right. and unfortunately you know the, one of the premises behind the second amendment is that if the government gets too uppity you know you can defend yourself if they they start acting out of uh out of the bounds of the agreement
2: Yep. that you know oh, that they're going to yep.
1: protect the constitution and yep. they start taking up arms against the United States citizen for things that they do natural that are within their natural rights then um, then you know there there is a well respected militia now yeah. do i want this to happen no i don't <laughs> you know i want them to to you know come to heel conform to the even you know transition of power i want them to to get rid of the 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 corruption and the rot at the head of the state but you've got a bunch of people who are completely delusional you know nested in the deep (laughs) state who think that they it's more important that they own and manage the american people rather than you know i don't know where this idea even comes from i feel like they've been hijacked by aliens
2: I i know it's
1: not american dude it's not
2: like a greg is opposing and room, saying uh, uh you know you know that this oh the gregor section, yeah we
1: love gregor
2: yeah he said you know like he said, section 230 has has to go away basically because basically what i'm trying to say is this it's the U- u.s congress violate the constitution to start with by giving uh commercial co- entities the, the the authority or immunity to censor that is, by itself, is unconstitutional. And yeah, they of, uh, "Oh, we're gonna have a hearing, blah blah blah." No, just repeal that uh, piece of. Uh, I'm, with uh, I'm with it. I'm with yeah. it. I'm down. I'm
1: so, down. Because, do you remember Aaron Schwartz? That was one of his his key tenets of, um, you know, of, of net reforms was to get rid of 230. And and I can I can tell yeah. you right now that yeah. that he's he you know from his his. Grave God bless his soul, you know, his work, his work endures. You know, there's more work to do because, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that he became such a target of the, um,
2: Yeah, I have city. said like, imagine the FBI's disinformation board come, uh, comes to uh, Twitter's headquarters say, hey, we pay you $15 million, uh, you are, uh, we are, you a customer and you already have a law protecting you to censor these Twitter users. Why don't you do that? There's no reason Twitter would not do that. They have the money, they have the immunity. Why not? So it is really going all the back is that our uh, so, uh, our government, our so-called democracy, is absolutely, you know, in shambles basically. So.
1: Well, I mean, they're not abiding by the the form and the spirit of the law, and and so there's a lot of change that needs to be in you, you know. Uh, you told me you're an American citizen in addition to being from China. You know, it, it, it's up to you. It's up to you to, to raise your voice and do something Yeah,
2: right. it's funny that the Twitter, which is Chinese-owned, did not interfere with the U.S. election. Isn't that refreshing?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I guess good for them. They still had TikTok.
2: <laughs> the, the TikTok did not even censor anyone <laughs> for the purpose of uh, interfering know. the U.S. election.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm going to let China do China. Um, and I'm going to let... T- hey, Gregor, did you want to hey. weigh in on this 230? Any remarks Well, yeah, I,
6: I think there's a misunderstanding of 230. People think it protects Twitter in order for them to do the censorship. It actually doesn't. 230 protects them from having to censor people, from being liable for what the people say. 230 protects a platform that allows people to speak freely what has happened is the doj came in and said yeah we don't want these people talking so let's quietly squash this now twitter facebook becomes publishers and that is not protected by 230 so whenever they did this they were breaking the law at the behest of the federal government that's what the twitter files taught us
2: Yeah so, uh, I uh, I I'm very surprised that the, the Twitter uh, file the Twitter gate did not generate uh, uh, more like a public outrage than 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 because this is actually a
6: community
2: you know, area. Uh, you know it, uh, because uh, I think I brought it up this uh, because this now the FBI has arrested this uh, actual Russian spy in New York who is in charge of the Russia gate investigation and oh, yeah. Now, that
1: And he was an American guy. He was an American.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, dual did, did you, agent, yeah. Did, uh, the, so, Kim Everson interviewed Paul Manafort. And what Paul Manafort said, it just blew my mind. Basically, Paul Manafort said he is the one who helps Ukrainian government, which uh, Putin really hates. So literally this uh, Russian spy in the FBI who is in charge of investigating Trump literally did uh, uh, Putin's job to put uh, uh, Paul Manafort into a legal jeopardy. (laughs) It was like, and the, the whole thing they did that is because Hillary Clinton wanted FBI to focus on uh, Russian collusion other than her email server because uh, timing wise this happened in the same July of 2016.
1: Okay, I'm gonna uh, weigh in here just a minute just a minute. okay there, wa- there is a certain stream of, of democratic neocon okay that is that is just totally brick allied with USAID, with the CIA and the State Department clique, okay? inside they are the deep state players in, in the federal government and they made a decision that that us dissent against their rule is going to be couched as russian disinformation when did they make this decision they made this decision in 2015
5: mm-hmm.
1: so that there sh- there shall be no dissent against their rule well it was made a decision was made by the voters and they chose a different path they did not choose the prescribed rx deep state operative okay they don't like you know because the all they know how to do is knock over governments you know gut them and install a dictator that's all they can offer America that's Mm -hmm. all they can offer America and then you know concurrent wars and skirmishes to keep things in 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 uh, you know, gut the economy and keep everybody confused and in a place of utter violence, you know, so that we become, we look like any of the states that they've knocked over in proxy. And, and um, you know, while I don't, I'm supposed to believe that they're doing a great job, I, I never get to weigh in on what they do. I wish they'd be reorganized to shit and, and whittled down to, to where they had a much less broadened, scope of self-importance because right now they think that they need to run america this way and they're wrong they've been wrong for a long long time but they're very very wrong okay Mm -hmm. okay they're supposed to be outward focused in in this mission and they have turned this inside so i want to let uh... gregor take over for just a minute while i go go chase down this economic hitman resource Hey, Gregor, can you speak to any of the things that I, I just mentioned?
2: I'll... Uh, uh, uh. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> Thanks in for joining, fact, Peter. Get, bring, Thanks. Bring in
6: the other guy so he can talk. Okay. And then go um, do your thing.
1: T-Wood I'm just going to go chase down this online Okay, I'm listening to everything
4: you're... I'm listening to everything you guys said, and I just want to get this up real quick. I agree with everything you guys are saying. I agree. But it's like this isn't even being cynical. It's the complete opposite. How are you shocked that the government does these things? I, I'm not even saying you're wrong. I'm saying like, I agree. It's just, I've known this shit since I was two. <laughs> like I, you can see what I look like. So it's obvious why I would know this, but it's like, you're talking to a guy who's like known the evils of America, how much it will like turn on its own rules. It's not like my great grandmother, God rest her soul. Her mom was in Tulsa when that shit burnt down. <laughs>
6: Uh, my, well, I, I, my, I, I, I'm i not sure my, why you say that we are surprised. I mean, as the old as the resident, I'm not saying you're surprised, I'm saying you sound surprised. You sound surprised. It's like, oh, like, See, I, this this is something that... I mean, I was born in 1963. This is not necessarily a big shock to me, this whole thing. Well, not this you, Sheila. Sheila's,
4: she Sheila's the one who sounds shocked. Sheila sounds no, shocked. She you sound don't sound
6: I don't think she's so shocked. She's just, just angry. She's, 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 there's a difference between angry and shocked. She's not happy that this is going on. Okay, angry does um, work
4: as a better title. Yeah, anger. But it's like, I'm just used to it, is whatever way I would put it than that way. It's like, I'm just so used to it. Like, like I was 12 when I realized the the, you, the CIA literally colluded to have crack sold in California, then Maxine Waters... One of the bravest women I've ever seen on earth went on, on TV and said, the CIA is getting by constituents addicted convicted to crack, and I want at to stop. Still alive, by the way, which is remarkable. A black woman <laughs> speaks out against the CIA, and she doesn't get killed immediately. Bravo, ma'am. Okay, so uh, God, I, I've been around for a
1: while, and, and, and the CIA is not coming to, to, to get me. I'm, I'm a small fishy. I'm a little goopy. But you know, and not you. Is, I'm talking about
4: Maxine Waters. Maxine Waters, oh, I say, like Waters. she spoke out against it. Yeah, black woman speaks out against the CIA because they were getting her constituents addicted to crack, and she's still alive. Bravo, ma'am. Yeah, she's she's
1: a uh, she's now a member of the of the finance committee, and
4: um, you know. well, that's not shocking. I, no, I mean, I'm just saying you. that that's
1: true. <laughs> that that's where she's at today. So I want to talk about John Perkins. And uh, so he's got. Oh a couple God! Books I think out. I
4: know that name. Let I me let me name.
1: get there. Let me get there. So uh, can can there's new chapters of the Confessions of an Economic Hitman? Okay, so the the new oh. the new version is um twelve explosive new chapters. China China's new E H M strategy and ways to stop the global takeover. So this is a third edition, and this is more towards how um, the deep state is, is turning the the economic hit machine internally towards the United States.
4: The and, frontier uh, came home. That's what it is. Frontier came home.
1: So, uh, so, Gregor, I wasn't. I was still hunting that. That uh, you know. Do you find that there's more? To this, this economic hit strategy, um, yeah, globally appropriated, like the GEC and and most of the the three letters that have been involved in, like again USAID, the State Department, Hillary Clinton.
6: Yeah, these are. I mean, these are all things that I, everywhere we everywhere we look. You know, it's funny. We keep talking about all these things that the government does, but I, I keep not hearing. I keep hearing people say, "What do we do? What do we do?"
1: Oh, okay. And it seems
6: to me the solution is is simple. It's just the the more local you get, the less government can control you.
1: Right. I'm I'm down for that. You know, you, you know, I'm down for less government.
6: <laughs> yes.
1: Rather um, than than a big down. centralized push.
6: Which goes back to what I was saying earlier about Ludwig von CD. Mises. I'm Go sorry? ahead,
1: Gregor. Go ahead, Gregor.
6: I have been reading up on my capitalism by Ludwig von uh, you know, von Mises. 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 And, yeah, Mises. Uh, Mises? Is that how you pronounce it? I don't know. I, I, I I don't say know. Mises,
1: but that's it's fine. Yeah. It's well, fine
6: what and, you know. you're probably correct. I know you're linguistically inclined, so um, <laughs> But anyway, uh, you know, and it just seems to me every time I look around, it seems that, you know, getting back to actual capitalism where people serve each other in order to make profits is the solution. Instead of this thing we have now where the government says you will buy this or this or this.
1: Where they're picking winners and losers. Right. Right.
6: So, so, I mean, I think... But they're picking...
1: Censors for, for for colleges, and so here's what uh, Thomas Massey did, because Thomas Massey was is on that committee, the new church committee to uh, to to disinclude or kind of like reorganize, based on the weaponization of government, which is what we're really complaining about here. If we're, if we're totally honest, that committee to uh, address the weaponization of government will reorganize things. And he just introduced a bill to defund or decommission the Department of Education. Now, the reason why that that is just just an extremely bold move is because throughout the sources that I've cited on this show, the majority of them have been um, weaponized, uh, thought criminal uh, trajectories using the academic community, our colleges. So what are they using these? These increasingly astronomically overpriced, uh, you know, Marxist mills. For well, now they're using, they're training people and giving people millions and in dollars in, in grant money to censor Americans. Hey, Tibo, can you mute your mic? Um. So just just mute your mic temporarily. Uh, so what they're doing is they're, they're sending millions and millions of dollars of grant money to these colleges to train for, to, to spy and look for uh, instances of misinformation and disinformation, which is basically coached um, by guidelines from DHS and CISA, you know, the the World Health Organization, CDC, um, the National Health uh National health people and they, they are the ones saying, okay well this is what misinformation is today And then they just go like little little brown shirts for for the academic community. they just go they make a list of offenders from their computers at, at, uh, at Brown or MIT and University of Texas at Austin they said, well here are your thought criminals. You know, and they send those right over to to DHS through this the SARS through SARS infrastructure and then through the FBI infrastructure as well. Again, it's still ac- academic community. A week ago, two weeks ago, they were taking the fingerprint records of the thought criminals uh, and people who had dissent against the way that that both uh, you know vaccine objections, people who who had vaccine objections. Uh, they were taking the fingerprints of these teachers and sending them to the FBI in New York, and uh, like that was some sort of crime, and there was no, no no crime had been committed whatsoever, no crime had been committed, but the the, of the
6: population's boosted even. So I mean, the vaccines are a joke now, right?
1: Right. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Still sent the said if if you have an objection to doing this, thought criminal. Fingerprints get sent to the FBI. You're on a list. And then they target the, those people's social media from there. So that's what our tax money, and it's and they are using the academic ex- establishment to do it. So that is why Thomas Massey, Mr. Lower Government Guy, is saying, let's get rid of the Department of Education. That way, federal grants for these things shall not happen. He is pulling on the purse, and he wants to yank it all. And, you know, it, it is a sad day because, you know, the education of our, of our population should be number one, but because they have poisoned the well with this, you know, totalitarian statism, uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they've made a move, and the move is to, to eliminate the Department of Education.
6: And I'm grateful for that. You know, again, Jimmy Carr blessed us with that back in 1970, and you know, look what it has done. Our education has gotten worse and worse ever since. It has never increased or become better. We spent more and more. We spend more money in this country than any other country in the world, and we have we're like what 51st in in the world in reading, and you know, 70th or something in math. Um, and we spend you know twice as much as everybody else on the students. Of course, we don't have to learn math now. We have to figure out what sex we are. So.
1: That's another topic. <laughs> yeah, we have to, we have to put guardrails around. We have to have, put a fence around this. Oh, sorry. Otherwise, I, I, I ran into. No, no, it's okay. I, I just, I, I'm really glad you're here because I'm just really glad you're here. Okay, so we're into the, you know, we got. Let's wrap it at four fifteen. Does anybody have any final comments before we get out I of have, here? I just want to
4: say this. I just want to say this last thing. I want to finish off my, my uh, Canadian secession thing. I want to say it real quick which is, uh,
1: Well, are you Canadian? I mean...
4: No, I'm from Michigan, but I'm saying Michigan should have been a part of Canada. Thinking... Like, it makes more sense. Like, it makes more sense if Michigan was a part of Canada. Because it just... If you've ever been here, we have the same... We have the same sort of, like, Soul, as, like, most Canadians. The only difference is we have better access to guns and juggalos. That's all it is. That's the only difference. We just have more, better access to guns. That's the only difference. So I just want to finish that off.
1: Okay, but well, that, that's, that's a funny say, comment. <laughs> go ahead.
4: But the thing about this topic at hand is this. you're. I, I hear you saying all these things about all these different government, the government, uh, uh, labeling all these people these different things and it's just like it's sad you're right it's fucked up but in my head i'm just thinking like god i know exactly where this all started this all started back when 911 happened because i had turned i turned yeah. 10 literally the day before 911 happened and i remember watching it all go down like this i saw it and i even as a 10 year old i said I bet you anything in a few years when I get like to adulthood, everyone's gonna be like deathly afraid of any sort of dissent. I didn't know how to put it in those words, but as a kid I was like, I feel like everyone's gonna be way too trusty the to government after this. Cause when I learned about 9-11, <laughs> I watched it happen on TV. Right, and then right. I learned and then I learned who's Osama bin Laden. Right. How did Osama bin get to this? And then you realize, and that's how I learned about the Cold War. I learned about the Cold War from nine eleven. So I have a different. You see what I'm trying to say here, like.
1: Well, see... I, I I do I do know what you're saying though. I do know exactly what you're saying, and and you're you're right. The the, the people are way too ready to just like, kind of roll give over. The Patriot. Cause... Yeah. Yes, that's a great prescriptive. Let's go with that. Uh, last words, Gregor.
6: Patriot. Yeah, yep, getting rid of the Patriot Act is a great idea. I was writing my Congress and Critters back in the day when that was up on the floor, and I kept yelling. I said, this is what will happen. It's not even a pretend, and sure enough, it all did. Okay. And I really think the solution is who you vote for and get involved.
1: Okay, yes, and let FISA sunset. Um, I'm going to wrap it there. It's It's been a wonderful show, guys. I appreciate all your attendance. Um, this has been the unsanctioned citizen, join us next week at around, you know, between 1 and 3 p.m. And uh, we'll be faithful to you more of the same. All right. See you then.
0: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen podcast
1: archives. Please stay in touch. We want to hear from you. Visit Sheila and...